Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. In today's show, we talk with Major League Fishing Pro Dustin Connell. We asked Dustin about spotted bass fishing, his travel crew, jumping monster boat wakes, and his burning passion for the sport of fishing. We really enjoyed talking to him, and uh, we think you guys will enjoy this one a lot. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. We've got a fun episode coming up. We've got an awesome guest who we'll uh, introduce shortly, but um, before we do that, we're going to go around the table talk about a couple things. Nick, you're in a very uh, interesting place right now, judging by the video. What, uh, what are you up to, dude? Coming to you live, slightly recorded when someone hears this, from the cab of a beautiful 2006 F-350 crew cab pickup truck. Diesel in the drive not? oh it's a diesel it's a beauty i'm i'm in love with this my brother-in-law and i are definitely like i don't know what the male equivalent of soul sisters are but whatever that is we are he's like a, a mechanic who can fix anything and uh, he has great taste in old somewhat unreliable vehicles so i feel like i'm in heaven but the best part is that this driveway i'm sitting in is about 100 yards from Lake Jordan. I'm in Wetumpka, Alabama, technically Titus, Alabama. And uh, it's been all good over here, man. We're, uh, we're trying to unlock the code. I wish I had one of you two here to uh, help me take a couple of glory shots for social media with some five-pound spotted bass, but that has not been the case yet. That's cool. Is it – I mean, is it – straight up fall over there yet or is it still pretty hot you got a sweatshirt on but yeah you know i think we had impeccable timing for once normally when you go on trips you're always like just on the other side of perfect timing for weather or whatever we nailed it this time it's been really rainy but the whole 10 day forecast that we're here is sunny and highs in the mid 80s nice the water is still super warm we we did run a pontoon boat that had a little hummingbird graph on it that said the water temp was right at 80 so it's still still warm here isn't it pretty common for fishing to be tough in the south this time of year, Josh? Yeah. I mean, I, I hate fishing in the south in, in, <laughs> in September, October. It is tough. But he's dealing with spots, and I don't know, dude. Like, you know, I just you know, uh, our guest today is going to be Dustin Connell. And um, talking to him the other day, you know, about where Nick is fishing, I know they're trying to link up um, – he said it's pretty good, dude. Like, you know, he said they've been catching up to 30 a day. So I, 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 I can't, it's such a unique system that Coosa river, uh, you know, the, the lakes there, man, I, I don't know much about it. And I just really wouldn't trust Connell that much. I don't think he has the credibility to go off of. I would, <laughs> True. Much, I, would, I would go off of my credibility considering the fact that there's two guys fishing off of a 35 year old jet ski. Um, I think that that's a much more accurate representation of the current fishing, not someone like Connell. Nick did ask, he said, uh, what's a good way to catch gar? So <laughs> We're getting desperate. <laughs> dude, and I don't know. I would think just like a hunk of meat. What do you think, Rob? No idea. I've, I've not fished around him a whole lot, but, and I would, <clears throat> I don't think I'd ever try to catch him, to be honest with you. <laughs> Especially if I'm a ski. Seriously, a jet How are you going to handle it? Yeah. <laughs> well, those are good problems to have that we'll address once we have them. You know, I'd like to at least just feel the tug. So I'll just run down the rabbit hole here. We, uh, he's not, he's interested in fishing, but he's definitely, you know, green to it. But uh, all it takes is someone to be interested. So we're, we're trying to, to foster the flames a little bit here. And we did a little Walmart challenge. And so I had like a $25 budget on my setup. So I'm, I'm flossing a brand new, beautiful shakespeare spinning combo that uh, i think was like 23.99 i think it has negative two ball bearings in the reel but i've got it laced up with braid and a floral leader on it oh nice and i'm feeling pretty optimistic i could actually cast it pretty far and uh, i did come tight on one of the elusive coosa river spotted bass two days ago and uh, it was at the end of a long cast and um needless to say the four and a half foot long rod length and the two-piece variety, it has the backbone of like an overcooked noodle. And then it, at that point, I didn't have braid on it. I still had like the six-pound mono. Hey, that's another guest. Yeah. And uh, so I set the hook on this trophy, 
And I knew my only chance was to just reel as fast as I could because there was so much stretch. It was like that fish was bungee jumping off of a thousand foot cliff. And I got it. Like, it, was like the, it was like the Barbie pole with you, Josh. And I got it about halfway to the boat before it finally jumped and it came off. But uh, Dang, it's fun. Dude. You know, we got, we're like, we're just not, we don't have a whole lot going on with that. But what was funny that day was is that we were, we were still getting our sea legs on the, the jet ski together because we're going to tip it over. There's no doubt that, like, we'll get wet at one point in this, and it's just a matter of not dropping the pole and uh, or the rod, excuse me. Yeah, you and, better do. Yeah, careful. Dude, I know. Hey, now. <laughs> hey, now. Go backwards. But, so we the were, mention we were, of a jet ski is bad enough. I know. Continue, though. Yeah, you're such a purist. Oh, I won't catch a gar, and oh, I won't do this. <laughs> Dude, if you were here with the, your hands cuffed, you'd be like, I'll do whatever it takes. I mean, it is such a, ah, it's just such a fishy-looking body of water. But so we're, we're offshore on this, like, great-looking spot, and I look over, and I'm like, oh, there's, like, a, a cormoran or something that's, like, swimming underwater chasing a fish, you know, because it was, like, a V-type wake, but nothing was above the surface. And then, like, a large black head popped up, and then it kept just trucking at like, I mean, it was just hauling ass going towards the bank. And then the head popped up again. I never knew what it was, but I'm afraid it was a really large water snake. <laughs> it was like 50 feet from the, the little boat that we were on. And that, and that was one of the moments where I was like, well, I'm glad it didn't come to us. Cause I don't know. We feel pretty vulnerable. It's kind of like alone and afraid out there on open water with that tiny craft and <laughs> something large enough to be intimidating that swam by. So we survived though that place has definitely got some water moccasins dude i mean <laughs> dude, if there's in the right time of year i bet that place rivals at almost any place as far as the amount of snakes really uh, it had to to, just that whole region dude ugh. i mean I, oh it's man got we walked through the little forest around his house and i'm just instantly like i'm either gonna get bit by a snake bit by a spider and get like seven ticks all up in my regions because it just feels like everything's alive but it was big old it was, I was like, dude, are there gators in here? And he swears there's not. So I think it was just a big water snake. But, you know, if you're in a regular-sized boat, it would be no thing. But when you're, like, you know, ankle-deep in water all the time, you're like, mm, well, I'm glad that thing swam right on by. I'm not very tough to begin with, and so it it rattled me a little bit. We don't get those out here. Well, dude, I hope that you can have have one really good day of bass fishing before you head back home. <laughs> I know you'll be there for a few – and, hey, even if you don't, it sounds like it's a fun trip – it sounds like a really cool place, but uh, hopefully just to, to scratch that itch, you can get out and wax and just wax them, dude. Not not have to just come tight on one from on a Walmart combo <laughs> and lose them halfway, but like really whack them because it, it's Thanks. there. It's waiting for you somewhere, man. I promise. It feels like if you were like a devout religious person, you made it all the way to Jerusalem. You know, you're in the promised holy land and then like for some reason you catch like mono and you can't go in or something. I don't know. It's like it's like that. You get like that close. You can see it. You can sure. taste it. You can smell it. You start calling rods, poles and fishing off of jet skis, but you do whatever it takes. <laughs> How about you, Rob? Uh, not a whole lot going on. I just got back from the elk hunt. Um, my buddy did not shoot one yet. He's got one more day, actually a day and a half. So We'll see how that goes. Um, he he's killed some big bulls over the years, um, so he was I don't know if the right word picky, but he was he's selective. Selective, yeah. So uh, we had fun though, man. They were bugling like crazy, and uh, Alex and I went out one evening, uh, and and we just started calling just to you know try to locate some bulls, and it two different situations we stopped and we had like four bulls coming from every direction My at us in the dark. <laughs> it was cool. So, That's crazy. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't kill one. That would have, you know, obviously been a lot more fun, but it was fun just seeing him. Um, and, you know, it was one of those Rob, bulls, But what's the closest you've ever like been around? Like when you're calling him in, have you ever got a bull within like 10 yards or something crazy like that? I personally haven't. I'm not that great at calling. So, um, but I know guys that ha have literally had them in their lap. Like, <laughs> Dude, I would poop my pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that thing is in a weird state of mind when it's coming to you like that. <laughs> yeah. You sound, yeah. You may get, you know what? 
<laughs> hey, well, everyone's got to lose it someday, I guess. But right. yeah, and, and how much does a bull elk weigh? Are they over a thousand pounds? Or are they like eight hundred pounds? How much is a big one? I don't think they're that much. They're probably five or six hundred pounds. I'm thinking that, that's still a lot. <laughs> oh, they're giant <laughs> to be fired up and like oh, twenty you, feet dude. away from you with giant antlers. Yeah, that's makes my little water moccasin seem a little bit more friendly. Yeah. And again, we got a ton of rain in Arizona again. It's just a crazy oh. how much how much rain we've gotten. So Really? I got, didn't realize that. Got rained out one morning, so Yeah. Oh, well, it sucks for you. I'm sure there's 3 feet of water in my boat again. That's good to know. Yeah. So, so dude, nothing too crazy. How about you, Josh? Well, What's that's that's on? good. While you were up there experiencing that, I was under the weather actually for a couple of days over the weekend, and uh, oh, that's it right, was a bomber. But um, I did uh, the the silver lining was I got to watch the Ryder Cup. You never, oh. I never get to sit there for <laughs> multiple days and watch a golf <laughs> tournament. So uh, I watched the Ryder Cup in bed, and I'll tell you, dude, it's a cool tournament. I know neither of you guys are big golfers, but um, you may have even seen some clips from this tournament because it got so it got so Exciting. crazy. It really was was super cool. And, and the Ryder Cup, it's a every other year they they host it or they hold it, and it's basically the twelve top Americans against the twelve top European golfers, and it's pretty dang evenly matched. You know, there mm. I mean there are amazing players from all over, but. Um, I think they might do like the top 10 in the world rankings from each. And then the captain of each team gets to pick a couple players. I'm not a hundred percent sure on That's how the cool. captain's picks works, but um, you know, there like, there's a guy from Europe, Ian Poulter, who's nowhere near the top 10 in world rankings, but the dude oh. is unbeatable in Ryder cup. He's never lost a match in the Ryder <laughs> cup in the last 15 years, never lost a match. So like, obviously he gets a captain's pick every year. Sometimes the captains will pick like a, a couple hot, you know, young guys that have a lot of momentum that just haven't had the chance to get up in the rankings yet. But what's cool about it is you watch these guys that play against each other, try to kill each other all year, you know, <laughs> team up and, and really get into it, dude. And you watch like the excitement from the players in a tournament where they're playing for themselves compared to when they're playing for their country. And it's not even, it's not even close. That's they, awesome. They get fired up to play for their country. So the Americans, they dominated this year, which was cool. I just talked about how it was even evenly matched, but the Americans, <laughs> they, they, they won hands down and it was held in Wisconsin. And like one of the craziest things i've ever seen in a golf tournament and and this clip was all over the internet but justin thomas he's one of the uh, younger players on the american team he walked up to the first tee box on saturday and you know how golf is like you know pretty proper there's a lot of lot that goes into <laughs> golf etiquette and stuff like that and wisconsin people like to party dude. you guys know that well <laughs> He's playing with Daniel Berger. They're they're uh, the two Americans, and they're pairing. Uh, they're playing against two European players, and someone slides out a Michelob Ultra to like a can. <laughs> they throw it out into the grass towards Justin Thomas, and he walks over and picks it up, and uh, the crowd Shotguns starts it. yelling, "Chug it, chug <laughs> it!" And and Berger's like 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 asking the crowd for one too, so they throw him one, dude. <laughs> and Berger shotguns his and thomas yeah shotguns his and thomas chugs his and they slam the cans on the ground and they're pumping the crowd up this is before the match starts dude not like afterwards to celebrate this is and this is like nine o'clock on in the morning to get going dude it was the most unbelievable thing and the crowd went nuts of course they did oh uh. Do they get in trouble for doing something like that that's a great question dude i mean it's, it seems like that might be frowned upon I would say there were some people that were absolutely furious, but I think like just for for golf, it's all about the a little fans, bit right? of that, dude. And, and yeah. I mean, what a what a cool <laughs> moment for golf. And that I mean, that clip is gonna is I'm sure went so viral that there were a lot of people that are like probably saw it and were like, wow, golf's uh, not so stuffy after all. Maybe I'll give it a shot. Yeah, know? hasn't the sure. Phoenix Open kind of changed that stuffiness of, of <laughs> golf yeah that is one tournament that forever has been like it's like Rowdy. known as the wild tournament for sure yeah. and um 
Yeah, I think that definitely is, it has to be, it has to be for sure. Have been a factor in that. All right. I got a question for you, Josh. Yeah. You're the captain of the American team and (laughs) you're going to use your captain's pick. You going with me or Rob? (laughs) I mean, I know the answer to this, but I just want to hear it recorded over the internet. What are we doing? Are we fishing? You name it, dude. Fishing, golfing, life experiencing. I mean, I'm going to make you pick friends here. That's a good question, dude. No, I, don't, gonna, don't dude, delay. Taking, don't be democratic. No, I'm taking Rob, dude, because you don't uh, have a lot. You don't have a reliable enough vehicle to even get to where we're going <laughs> and whatever we're doing. Bro, I got the Uber app downloaded. If I run out of gas, throw a rod out of the pit block. Oh, oh my okay. God, I'll get there. <laughs> All right, that is a good question, though. Uh, Rob might was, fall asleep though. He's up there in age. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's it cool, was, man. I. I knew the Ryder Cup was – so what's at stake? Is it money and then just bragging rights? Like that's To be honest, I, I, I wondered that, and uh, a real golf fan would know. I, I, I'm sure there's maybe some money involved, but I don't know. Just like, just like the Olympics, man, playing for your country. Oh, um, yeah. It's, it's a big deal. And to be it's invited enough, is yeah. a big deal. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, I, t- I talked before on the podcast about Bryce and DeChambeau and uh, Brooks Kepka, their little rivalry, right? Well, they were yeah. both on the on the American team. They even gave each other a hug after it was over. Dude. Oh, so, no kidding! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. They didn't they didn't play together. They didn't get paired together as a team at all. It wasn't. They might have didn't sh- go that far, but uh, they might have shotgunned a few Michelobes and went to fisticuffs. <laughs> <laughs> <For sure. laughs> it was it was uh, quite the, quite the tournament, dude. I I'll be honest. I I haven't enjoyed watching golf that much in a while. Um, I want to watch that. It sounds cool. Yep, 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 for sure. But uh, we do have – we got a, a question, a listener question here, so I'll pull it up and uh, we'll address that before we go over to our guest here. And uh, we do appreciate this question. It's from uh, Patrick in Texas. So Patrick says, I've got a question for you all. I fish a lot on Lake Conroe, and after about May 1st, I could not get the fish going anywhere. Do you have any tips or things to look for when trying to find fish in a reservoir like this in the summer? What's a good bait to use while searching for fish? So it's a good question. And, and, you know, we're already kind of rolling into the fall a little bit, but that's, that's a unique lake. Like Lake Conroe, it's, it's, it's a Texas reservoir. It doesn't have real clear water. It's not real deep. I mean, that's a tough, that's a tough body of water to probably find fish once the fish get offshore. And, And you're also, you're not dealing with like a massive fish population where you're going to have schools like giant mega schools of fish. Like even when the fish do get grouped up, you might be fishing for a spot where you're lucky to catch four or five, you know, you're not going to sit there and catch 20 of them. So um, I would say still a, a crankbait if you're looking for fish is going to be the deal. And on that lake, be, uh, these flatter offshore lakes, you know, contour is not so much of a big deal. You have to, you really have to uh, get creative and look for the subtle stuff. So it might be some subtle, some subtle hard bottom, you know, so you can find that a couple of different ways. You can find it by graphing or you could find it by fishing the old school way with a Carolina rig or something like that. And literally just, you know, when you feel that rough, hard bottom, that's going to be, that's going to be a key. And then brush, you know, brushes, these are, these are difficult things to do, but finding that brush and and learning how to fish the brush piles, that's neither one of those techniques are going to get, you're not going to catch, go out and catch a million fish in a day on that lake, but that's how you'll catch the big ones. And I can guarantee a lot of those, you know, nightly jackpots and stuff throughout the summertime on that lake are one off of deep hard bottom or brush piles. Kind of a specific question, but. Um, yeah, I've, I've never fished Conroe. Have you fished it, Josh? Yeah, I did uh, <laughs> once for a Bass Pro Tour uh, a couple of years ago. And we were there in the spring when you actually could catch a few numbers because they were up spawning. But I, I just remember the whole lake is surrounded by seawalls. So, um, uh, you know, another option is is to get up and that when it's warm like that to find some moving water, right? Like if it had a good river or something like that where some water was flowing, that's always an option. But, um, 
you know, I, this that lake doesn't have a lot of like good creeks with water flowing into them. It's a real, it's a real urban. I'll call it an urban lake. You know, for for where it's it's just north of, of Houston. It's 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 a unique lake. So, fairly shallow, fairly dirty water, and I mean, when you say that, I I agree with you. A crankbait and a Carolina rig are probably the two two places to go. Um, and you said there's not a lot of depth, huh? Yeah, like, so I would say, like, a lot of those deep fish are probably, when I say deep, it's relative. They might be in 12 feet, you yeah. know, something like that. There's the, Down by the dam, there's some 20, 30, 40-foot water, but there's not much, dude. And a lot of these creeks, the deepest, the bottom of the creek channel might be 16 feet. So they're, they're, mm. it's a pretty flat lake, and that makes it challenging. You can't just – a lot of lakes in the summertime, reservoirs, right, you can just – drive to a main lake point and there they are right they're they're sitting on the break where it goes from 20 to 40 and this lake doesn't have that go ahead how about docks do they play yeah they do and that's i mean yeah they they 100 percent do there's got to be some bluegill around those docks still huh i would think so in the summertime yeah yeah so i mean go ahead question rewinding the tape yeah sorry to just cut the dock talk right off there when you say you see it on your, your graph, um, break that down a little bit. What is that? How, how do you recognize a hard bottom from a soft bottom when you're graphing? That's, that's a good question, man. I almost went more into that. Yeah. So <laughs> a lot of times it, you'll see it on your side view. And, you know, cool. however, depending so on how you've got your contrast set up, it's just going to show up as brighter. You know, the harder bottom okay. is going to show up as a brighter. When you're going over a real mud bottom, it almost looks like your unit's not working right. You know, it's, it's just oh, real okay. fuzzy and dark. And then the harder that bottom, you know, the harder that return's going to be, it's going to, you're going to see literally um, uh, it's, it's much brighter. And um, it, that's oh. really the easiest, easiest way um, to do it. But, but again, sometimes finding to find that real true spot on a spot, you got to, got to cash to it. Right. Yeah. And, totally. And, and that is a depth zone that's challenging We've talked about it, but that's a challenging depth zone to mark fish. You know, if you're going to fish that depth zone, you use your electronics to find the structure, but you have to get the rod out and fish because you're not going to idle over a fish in 10 feet without it moving <laughs> off. So right. um, it's, 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 a, it's a tough situation, and that's a, that's a, you can be rewarded big time on that lake because there are some big ones, but um, it's, if you go out and catch six fish in a morning, you might be having a good morning. Yeah, cool. But, um, and good thought on the docks. I mean, if you're not a deep offshore fisherman, Rob's right. You could, you could always find some fish on the docks. Just be keying on the backside, the shady side. Be looking for, I would say that time of year, you're, you're really looking for docks that have bluegill on them more than shad or anything like that. So uh, be using a bluegill imitation and trying to get it, get it up to the backside of the dock where those bluegill live. Mm-hmm. And really, um, I think that's about all we've got we've got an awesome guest today we've got dustin cannell um you know he, he's coming off of a red crest win this year he's one of the top fishermen in the world i mean definitely one of the the hottest fishermen on the planet and um he's a real colorful dude it's he's gonna be fun to talk to after talking to wheeler a couple weeks ago uh it was like yeah we got to get dustin on because he's uh He's, I think, going to be a really fun interview. So, uh, hope you guys enjoy. Oh, and Rob, Rob's got one more thing. He completes the house. Yep. So now, now we've had the entire, all those guys that run together: MJD, uh, Jacob Wheeler, Avina, and now Dustin. So. Yeah, we we saved the best for last. So, uh, hope yep. you guys enjoyed Dustin. <laughs> and it's Dustin Connell. What are you up to, man? What's going on, guys? I appreciate you having me. I'm. Uh... I'm just chilling here in Alabama right now. You know, I'm I'm kind of sad the season's over with, but um, I'm kind of glad too because I'm ready to go deer hunting a little bit. And it's been kind of a long season, I guess you'd say. But yeah, it's feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, had a good season. Um, can't complain that much. Caught some big ones. Bertrand, you did pretty damn good too. Dude, yeah, not compared to you, bro. You started the year off uh, with 300 grand in your pocket. Uh, uh, just a monster. <laughs> That's a, monster a good start. <laughs> uh, yeah. That had a little yeah. momentum there. 
a little bit of momentum after that, man. Um, but you know, I'm glad to hear it, dude. I'm sure you've been asked like crazy, like, you know, obviously you ended up uh, coming down with COVID and it's just good to see you like back with your motor running again so hard. Cause you're one of those guys that your motor runs hot, dude, all the time. And, uh, <laughs> it had to have been tough just kind of chilling for a month. Right. Like, uh, all right. So I ended up getting COVID and, it was one of them deals where I'm sitting here at the house and I'm like, Oh my gosh. So you're worried about your health, but I'm also like, dude, I've never went two months without going bass fishing. And I was just glad to be feeling better. And then finally that first trip I went out, I was like, dude, like we take so many things for granted just going and launching a boat. I mean, I'm telling you, dude, when I, I would just drive by the lake and just roll down the window and just look at it. Cause I, I knew I couldn't really go cause I was on oxygen, but, uh, yeah, you know, now I'm feeling a lot better. I'm probably like 95%. You know, some days are better than others, but uh, I'm feeling a lot better. That's good. How, like, in, in your off-season, what's your fishing and hunting split like? So, like, for me, I'll be honest with you. I, I go fish – I fish way more than a lot of guys. Like, you see guys like – Jordan and Jordan Lee and Matt and all them, you see them fishing like, dude, I go, I mean, it was all I could do not to get up this morning at daylight and go, I got in at like 1030 last night. Like I, that's what I've always done. And, but I'll go hunting for probably three weeks out of the whole season. I got a lease in Illinois that I go hunting up there. I stay for about two weeks up there. And then I come home and I might hunt a little bit around here, but most of I'm fishing. I fish all winter. That's the best time to go here. Do you, oh, nice. do you hunt at home at all? I do, but hunting in Alabama kind of sucks, yeah. at least around here where I'm at. I mean, it's uh, like I live in central Alabama. There's a few places that's got them, but, man, it pretty much is it's, it's kind of tough here. So in Illinois, is that one of, like, the famed counties of Illinois where you're hunting or – so I hunt in Shelby County, Illinois, and it's okay. like as the crow flies, it ain't real far from um my mind just went blank. There's uh there's a couple counties like right there near the Missouri border, I guess you'd say, that are Pike County. Pike, Pike County, County, Illinois. Yep. Yeah, Pike County's like world fame. That's where the big giant ones live. We're not far from that. I mean, we've shot a one ninety two on our property and then That's a uh, toad. I mean, there's Dude, there's some freaking giants there. That's but, like, awesome. once you go up there and go hunting, I come back down here and I see a 90-inch six-point. But well, here's the deal. I'm not hunting strictly for, like, bone mass and these right. giant trophies. If I wanted to go do that, I go do pay hunt or whatever. Yeah. But whenever you put all this time and effort into hunting, you know, I want to shoot a big deer. I'm the same yep. way people want to catch a big fish, you know. Yeah, that's cool. Very yep. cool. All archery then, I'm assuming? Yeah. yeah, all archery. I always I shoot a Matthews, and uh, I mean, I'll shotgun hunt too. They got shotgun hunts up there. Right, that's cool. It's almost like know. bass fishing in Mexico. You hear about it all the time. There's a lot of dudes that like started going down there. They're like, I'd rather go down there twice a year than uh, <laughs> fish every weekend here in the U.S. Yeah, no it's, doubt. It's like coming down from uh, when we fish up north at the end of the year, and the fishing's so good, and you're just catching four pounders all day, and then you get a you back to reality. <laughs> You get home, and uh, you've got to go out and get excited about like fall bass fishing. I mean, you, where you live, it's pretty good, dude. So you, I mean, you're, you're uh, and you're dialed in on it. So I guess that is fun. But you know, I'm going to Lake Mead next week, dude, and I gotta, I gotta be excited. The about struggle it. bus, I'm literally a two pounder is gonna be exciting. <laughs> I'm not even I've never two been pounder. there. Yeah, I've never been there. I've heard it's kind of tough. It's 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 very tough. It's a cool lake, but like, yeah, but it's I mean, fun, right? Like you just adjust and like you meat is still cool it's just not a big fish factory your mindset's uh, just got to be different for sure it's just hard right. to come down i mean dude, a two a two pounder you just kick it out of the boat <laughs> and, and anywhere we've been fishing all summer what was yeah. your big fish at uh, st Clair, dustin i call a five six damn i actually caught a five pound largemouth too on a swim jig no that kidding surprising. yeah i caught wow. him on st Clair, and i was like when i set the hook i thought it was a big grinnell or a pike or whatever you want to call them deals and I set the hook, and I was like, dude, that's a big largemouth. And it was a five-pounder, and then I caught a five-six smallmouth. In the derby? Mm -hmm. Wow. That's crazy. Dude, five-pound cool. largemouth on St. Clair is like, what, a double digit? Other places a, when you just – That's a giant for St. Clair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
it is. How old is that fish, man? I mean, that fish is <laughs> 30 grown. No, no kidding. Doubt. Dude. So do you, uh, how do you like, what's your favorite way to, to eat your deer, man? Are you big in, are you a big cook yourself? I know we, we had Wheeler on, he said, uh, in your house, Avina is the, uh, he said Avina is the number one cook, but I, I, you seem to like to throw oh, down. I watch man, you on Instagram. Man, he's trash. Yeah, he's trash. <laughs> he's so sick. Vina, Vina can like, he can like boil broccoli. That's freaking it. <laughs> Just put him on All right, the sides. Yeah, yeah, he can like throw in there. He can throw in the, what's the name of that? He can go get some frozen broccoli and put it in the oven. That's about it. All but, right. No, what do you cook them, bro? What 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 do you claim is is the deal? See, me and Mark are the main cooks. Like Mark cooks what? fish, he cooks uh, fish, chicken, anything you want to cook. Now he can't really cook steaks that good. I normally cook steaks if we have steaks and chicken and stuff. Jacob sucks. At, <laughs> at, at, I was about to say fishing. He's not sucking fishing. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. At cooking, very bad. That's something people do not know. And actually, I'm gonna throw him under the bus. If you Get look it. on his Instagram, he posted yesterday of him cooking a steak. I saw that, and the damn thing was burnt. I said, "Jacob, you stink at cooking, big dog." I, I saw one of them. One of them looked like purple, dude. And I'm like, yeah, well, maybe his wife. He, he's just. He just. I don't know. I mean. He said he's badass at fishing, man, but cooking, he's missed the missed the boat. Damn. Maybe <laughs> it's by design. That way you guys cook. No doubt. He catches all the fish, holds up all the trophies, and we just cook for him. You do. <laughs> he mastered it. You know him. If he wanted to be good, he would be good. It's Rob's right, dude. It's it's intentional. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Who when when he came on here, did he didn't he say Avena was the best? Am I, am I losing my mind, guys? I can't remember. I, I can't. We're going to roll with it because it just made the storyline sure of this episode. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. giving Dustin any props. Let's put it that way when it comes to Unbelievable. Cooking, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there we have it. The truth has come Dude. out. And you just said he, he can boil broccoli. So I already see the title. It's Boiling Broccoli with Dustin Cannell. I love it, dude. That's so Boiling funny. Broccoli. That's so catchy. Dude, it's good, man. That's, <laughs> that, that is like, you know, it, you can give someone a solid burn when like it, it lands with like a, you know, like a solid left hook. And there's no, it's just like not even profane or anything. When you say you barely boil broccoli, that's pretty good, man. I like it. I see it. He can't. He can't. Dude, that's a haymaker. <laughs> it is. It really is. <laughs> it's terrible. Dude, so hey, uh, your, your one liner, they ain't, they ain't going to catch themselves. It's probably one of the coolest fishing one liners I've ever heard, man. Oh. And it's perfect for you because you do. You literally, all you do is fish, man. All you do is just. You fish like like an animal. Any chance you get, do you yeah. have like apparel or anything with that on it? I do. I've got a uh, so I've had so many people reach out to me. And they're like, man, we want some DC shirts. We want some apparel, some merch. That's what they call it nowadays, merch. merch. So I was like, all right. So uh, I get y'all some merch, and then uh, <laughs> I'm gonna get another one made. I just I got a, a couple shirts right now. I got one that says they won't catch themselves. Which they won't. Somebody's got to catch them, you know. Yeah. So um, they want to be caught. Yeah, they do. I, I'm low key mad right now because the sun's kind of shining in barely. <laughs> I got a, a couple puffy clouds, and they're probably going by to spook today. And I'm not fishing today. I may go out this afternoon. Anyway, I'm going on a tangent, but um, I, I'm going to make another shirt, and it's going to say, "You can't catch them on the couch because you can't." Everybody be laying on the couch, and they're like, man, he's out there catching biggins. Well, you can't catch him on the couch. <laughs> so that's going to be another. So well, speaking yeah. of, of catching him on a spook, um, I don't know if you remember the day that we fished together, uh, how we caught him. We caught him on, on a spook. Literally, yeah. first cast, guys, I think I lost like a four and a half. And this is like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. uh. So. Do you remember that, Dustin? I think I do. It was. Uh, yeah, I, I know how, it, how hard no. it is to remember every. I think I do. Is trip, no, but... for sure. <laughs> I think I remember the exact show. We went right up from the uh, on the right up there. Oh, good we save, right, Dustin. Good save. Right below the dam the whole time and absolutely trashed them. It was. Yeah. Uh, I had a goal of catching a Coosa River spot just driving through Alabama and called Josh and said, uh, 
you know, who do I, who do I fish with? And he hooked me up with Dustin and Boyd and I went out and, and caught the crap out of him. It was, yeah. it was phenomenal. So yeah, we had a good time. I, uh, I've been doing a few trips here and there. I went last week to fish. I mean, they're biting pretty good at this time of year though. September is just kind of, I call it September. It kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like, okay, the fish are there. They are just very lethargic. The water temp is just perfect for them not to have to go eat, and they're still eating at night a lot. It's, it's kind of similar to, like, July. There isn't anything that's made them push to start biting. So you haven't had the real cold nights, huh? No. We had one week or two weeks ago or a week ago, it got down to, like, 52 at night, and that was, like, a huge deal. Now it's, like, mid-60s, you know, so it's starting to creep on down yeah man so, i mean we got at sorry josh we got into town and it feels like we hit like the lottery dude the highs are in like the mid 80s and the lows are there like just for being a human being living outside it's freaking utopia but it's got him confused huh mm-hmm. yeah it feels it feels a lot better i know that i was tired of those 90 degree days but no they're starting to ease around we may slide out and market some oh yeah so the uh, as far as like on that river system, dude, it's got obviously it's got largemouth and spots. What are some of the differences in the behaviors of the largemouth and spots, man? Like we talk about fishing once in a while on this podcast, and like, uh, <laughs> is it pretty easy to go? Okay, I'm gonna go catch spots, and then okay, I'm gonna go catch largemouth. I'm sure they mix in a little bit. All right, so um, these largemouth on the Coosa, all right, so there's two different kind of strings, I guess you would say. So the last few years, uh, I'd say the last few years, 10 years ago, Mark's Outdoors started stocking the lake and on Lake Lake Lake. So those were a different strain. They were not old river strain largemouth. They were like a, almost like a northern strain. They're really kind of short. They're fat. They eat shad. Okay. Mm. These largemouth around here are like majority of them are like brim eat. They're brim eaters. Mm. They, they live in the grass year round. They're super hard to catch. And in the springtime, they get up fish. there. Yeah. And <laughs> I can't stand those. So, but, but I would probably, if I had to give you a number of bass in these lakes, I would say largemouth, there's literally probably a 30% to a 70% spotted bass. I mean, wow. there's just way more spots here now. So that's but, what you uh, fish for, really. I mean, like, that's what I'm going out there for. and fish for spots. Yeah, and the spots, though, like, they'll get up there on those flats and two to three foot. You can catch them on a spinnerbait, a spook. They'll, you can catch them out in 25 and 30 foot out there schooled up. I mean, I can catch them in a the current. You can catch them around brush with jerkbait, swimbait, stuff like that. You can catch them skipping docks, largemouth. You catch a largemouth, you're going to be around a stem of grass somewhere. They, huh. I mean, they – they dang near don't even get in brush piles that good. I mean, I've called them. Uh, spots push them out. They don't like being around spots. Uh, Very interesting, dude. So it's it's kind of a surprise to catch a largemouth with the spots. Yeah. Normally, when, when, when you pull up to a brush pile, you hardly ever catch a three-pound spot and a three-pound largemouth. It's just weird when that happens. Hmm. Interesting. And a three-pound yeah. average, like I know last <laughs> night you won the, the derby with three-pound average. Uh, is it, it like – is a three-pound average going to win a lot of tournaments? Right now they will, but um, typically in the fall and at its best, you know, you'll see 20, 22, 23-pound bags get weighed in. But, you know, we don't get many over 25 pounds, you know, nothing With like that. But it's spots only? Spots and largemouth. Yeah. Uh, lay, you'll see 22, 23, 24-pound bags of, of largemouth. Spots though lately have been you know around twenty pounds. You catch twenty pounds here, you got a good chance to win it. Yeah. Mm. And one of those fish or two of those fish are largemouth kickers, probably. No, majority of time. I mean, if you can catch a big largemouth, then then it'll help you win. But if you can catch three and a half, four pound spots, I mean, there's a ton of like Lake Mitchell. Gotcha. Bag every weight in. I was it was twenty four pounds on Lake Mitchell, all spots. But it's, uh, but it's gotten a little bit tougher over the years, too much pressure. So how, how much of a – can you explain the difference between a Coosa River spot and, let's say, a spot in California? Um, obviously, I don't know if you've fished out here much, but 
doesn't Smith Lake have some of the California type spots? Yes. Yeah, so what they've done is, uh, so there's two or three different kinds of spots. All right. So you got a Coosa River spot, and then you've got Kentucky spots. Um, you've got the ones over at Lanier, which them are Coosas, pretty much. And okay. I mean, they're if you line two of them together, you can tell differences, but they're they're that strain. Yeah. Now the ones they're they similar. did, they took. Yeah, they took out of Smith and they took those to California, and that okay. and they they're eating trout out there, and they've gotten so big, <laughs> which um, yeah, there's some freaking giants out there, ten pounders. I've never fished in California, but those like Kentucky spots, like you'll go, they call them like Guadalupe's and stuff in Texas. Them are like run a mixture. Yeah, them them don't get big. Them are like two, like a three pounders a giant. Okay, so these these grow to be about. Biggest one I've ever caught was seven sixty a spot. Wow! No way, dude! (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable! In the spring, max. That's like as big as they freaking get. Yeah. Yeah. Did you catch it like pre-spawn? I did. I caught it in February. Wow. Yep. Unreal. Yeah, I've actually caught that was on the Warrior River though. It wasn't on the Coos River. It was over near Tuscaloosa. I bet that thing was just a truck, dude. Yeah, I've called over there. People, I tell people this, and they're like, are you kidding me? Like, I think I'm joking. I've caught four fish, four spots over seven pounds on that river when I was in college, like giants. <laughs> Where did you fish in college? I know you fished uh, throughout college on the on a team. I went. You offended him with that question. He walked away. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, you're going to make him expose that he's not like a Roll Tide Alabama guy or something. <laughs> well, back in college, I was. Now, I'm just kind of like, whatever. I hope y'all win. If y'all don't, whatever. <laughs> but, um, no, I fished at Alabama. I, I fished there from 2010 to – I fished there for three years. And then uh, I fished the Opens and, you know, moved up from there. Were you uh, – are you Jordan's age? Did you fish against Jordan? I did. Right on. And Matt's yeah. like a couple years older, right? Yeah, we were all in it all kind of at the same time. Um, gotcha. I was in that class, I guess you would say, with me, Jordan, Matt, um, Atkins. several of them other college guys, like uh, Shane LeHue. All these guys that are my age that fish college, I always fish against. Like That's cool. It's almost like other sports, like baseball or something like that. You kind of came up fishing against each other, playing against each other. What, yep. dude, do you have any like uh, special memories traveling, like, you know, in college with your buddies fishing those tournaments that, uh, um, that come to mind? I guess I would say, no, I mean, the first tournament that I fished, no, the first college tournament, I remember uh, we was in Arkansas River. And it was when – it wasn't the first one, but it was one of them. Matt made the classic, and I was in that classic bracket deal. So, it was me, Matt Lee, Jordan Lee, and my partner. So, it was basically like Alabama against Auburn. And we, and we, were, fishing <laughs> for, we were fishing for the classic berth, and it was on a lake called uh, Beaver Fork in Arkansas. Anyway, long story short, the uh, the water temperature was 101, and the air, the air temperature – I'm not joking. It was 101, and the water – and the air temperature was like 109 that day. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and uh, we fished hard all day long. I think I caught two all day. Matt caught two, but he caught one big one, and he beat me out. And then it was Unreal. Jordan and Matt against each other. And then after that, they uh, Matt went classic. So, uh, that was a uh, cool, cool tournament. That's a crazy deal, dude. What did you do to catch your two bass in 100-degree water? I actually ran around and threw a top water a little bit, and it kind of sucked. And then I pulled out a jig and just started dragging a jig around off of a point. Because back in college, I did not know anything about Lowrance electronics or anything like that. They had those on those boats. So I'm sitting there looking at it like, I don't know nothing about all this, dude. Because I was still learning <laughs> electronics. Then. I just pulled off a big old point and just started dragging around. Right on. Nice. That's cool. 
Dude, I mean, have you do you think college fishing has changed much in the last 10 years, just even since then? Do you think like the caliber of college fishermen is getting better really fast? So I talked about this the other day. Um these I guess you say all the electronic stuff that we got now, okay. Ten years ago it was not the same. So you have an era of fishermen that are coming up, guys like Jacob guys like Jordan that are fresh on this stuff, they were, I guess you would say, learning it as it was rolling out. Yep. See what I'm saying? Yep. So, like, and and we're already keen on, like, Zoom calls and all that other stuff because we've been doing this kind of computer stuff and paying attention to electronics, and we know the effectiveness of it. So now you've got a whole class of guys in college that – Dude, rolling up to a brush pile and throwing on it is elementary now. Like, like with with Garmin and with the rants, whenever you're paying over there. Like, last night, I throw in there, and I see my spinnerbait fall, and I reel it right over the top of it, and I see a spot come out and eat it. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, this is too easy. And uh, now, I think the college fishermen got, you know, they're getting way better and better. But it will also, you will also see, you'll never not see this. The guys that put their time in and get instinctively better, they'll be the guys that that, that prevail. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, those are the intangibles that um, never go away. Everyone's always going to have the same equipment and stuff, but you're, I mean, just as far as being able to go out and, and utilize your electronics and, and they have so much information available to them, it makes sense that they would be getting better, but you're right. The ones that, that have those, that, that, will to to do whatever it takes to win and uh and you're right just those natural instincts like and some some people are born with that go ahead yeah. nick I, yeah i just said and to build off that just makes it even that much more entertaining right because like the the state of the art of the tools that everyone has access to continues to get better and better and better but the intangibles of how you apply those tools right how you break down situations and then either use them to your advantage or maybe they don't play as much it almost just makes it that much more entertaining right like it's like okay well everyone has great tools now but like who can apply it it's cool man like i i it's exciting like i think the future is incredibly bright for you know competitive fishing yeah no doubt that's cool Suck, sucks to be you guys because the competition is only going to get that much more difficult for you to make your killings but uh as a fan it's great gosh do you run you're you're with Garmin, ain't you? I am. Yep. Yep. Well, what you are you running, Lawrence? But y'all do y'all got away? Oh my gosh! I told everybody y'all got away with murder for three or four years. <laughs> yeah, I did yeah. not know it was that damn good. And Get him, Dustin. Like like, and then look at him over there. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> "Get him! Get him!" So uh, I told I told uh, Jacob this, and all, and and Adrian. I told everybody, Jordan. I was like, Jojo, I said, have you used that, the Garmin? He's like, dude, I've used it one or two times, and it's it's too good. And, like, you know, we were the, with Lawrence, and I've been waiting on our deal to come out forever. So, anyway, I ended up getting that deal, the, the active target, which I like Garmin, too. I ran Garmin. But uh, I got that, and the first tournament I fished, it was on Redcrest. And I'm like, what do you know? I'm sitting there staring at that thing all day. And like it's so damn good. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, dude. It was pretty cool to see it. the way you caught him in that tournament, dude. Was was so different than I think any way uh, like a national tournament's been won, man. Uh, catch him on a jerk bait over brush piles, getting him to come out of the brush piles. Like, what, dude? What made you realize like I got to get him to come up on this thing because I can't. It's 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 working better than getting down into the brush with something. Like, what was the so, clue that? Gave you so that. I do that around here a lot. Nick, if we go tomorrow, we'll, we'll do that a decent amount. Cool. But um, I do that a lot around here, catching spots. And you'll catch largemouth too. So what happens is all those fish, they, they were staging up. So they did this. I went the same week as that tournament. Like the day before I left, I was out there dialing in my grass and all that on Lake Jordan. And, dude, every pile I pulled up to, you could throw an Alabama rig or a jerkbait in it around my house and they'd come out of there and you catch big ones they were on every brush pile so we're only two miles two two hours away from there but the water was dingy when we got there 
and it was like super dingy and then all that cleared up throughout the whole week of our long drawn out week that we uh-huh. had it cleared up significantly so it, it changed the baits changed it wasn't a spinner bait no more there was guys whacking them on spinner bait and then by the end of the week it was like dude they cannot catch them on spinner bait it's too clear so then i just pulled out a jerk bait like once it cleared up and i had one bite that clued me in and dude it was i was right at home i swear i just felt like i was on lake jordan i'd pull up i'd see two of them on a the pile throw my jerk bait over there and you'd squatch them and you could tell whether they like it really slow or fast. And some fish, you had to literally just barely, like, tether it through there, you know. And then some, they wanted snapping, you know. So that forward-facing stuff, it'll that old saying of, like, oh, when it's cold, you got to jerk, jerk, pause for 10 seconds, that's over with. You can tell exactly what they like. <laughs> Every fish has its own personality, right? So you just got to cater to it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It's That's like crazy. it's like playing with a cat on the living room floor with a with a jig without a hook, huh? Because mm-hmm. you can literally you're interacting to, with it, right? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Yep. But how, how do you feel like like both Josh and you, Dustin, have have grown up without it, and you've learned how to fish without it? Um, what do you think of these young guys coming up that don't learn without it? What, I mean, they're missing out on some stuff, I believe. hundred percent. I think, uh, I think you, you start getting dependent on that a lot. And, and what the problem is nowadays is you see these high school guys, high school kids, I call them kids, I, whatever, but you know, they're, they're, they know mechanically wise, they can skip jigs mechanically wise. They can do anything. But that stinking graph, they want to look at it all day. They want to look at fish follow their bait. They want to look at crappie. They want to look at it. Before you know it, instead of them casting a thousand times in a tournament, they're casting 35 and they're throwing it direct targets. That thing will lure you in way too far. You know, and you got to be careful. Yeah, Yeah. you got to be careful with that. There's definitely times where you need to turn it off and just just get on the bank. Some, no some fish are uncatchable, even bass, you know, even sometimes there are bass that, you know, you know, that you know, they're bass, but Hey man, they're hip to your game and you need to find some bass that aren't hip to your game. Um, it's, it's no just, doubt. it is a tool that, that you need to be able to kind of drop sometimes. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah. I remember when the aqua view came out uh, <laughs> fishing out West here on some of those big spotted bass lakes but they have giant largemouth in them, right? And guys would go out and find these schools of big, big, fat largemouth and sit on them all week and never catch them. You just interesting. Yeah, you got to find fish that want to bite too. So did not catch the uh, the aqua view was so amazing. I was I don't remember how old I was. I was maybe like middle school or fifth, sixth grade, something like that. I remember we got one of those, and the excitement of throwing that up and we were fishing in like little residential ponds in our neighborhood we grew up in. And I remember like dragging that thing behind our little plastic paddle boat and just knowing that I was going to see like hundreds of seven pounders in this like bathtub and there was <laughs> nothing. Like, I think one time, like, a, like one of those goldfish carp swam by and my brother and I like lost our mind. Like, this is amazing. And the, the yeah. fact that you guys had that is just <laughs> Perfect. The fact that you talked your parents into getting you an aqua view to fish that freaking nasty Titanic water and Chandler is amazing. We were throwing a banjo minnow behind it, probably, right? It's the same paid programming that lured us in. You're like, put the camera right on the hot dog. Let's watch them eat it. (laughs) Seriously. Exactly. (laughs) That's brilliant. Um, Well, dude, uh, this has been awesome, Dustin. We'll, we'll let you roll here in a few minutes because I know you're itching to fish, man. But uh, what you started a podcast. Tell us about it a little bit, man. I did. Um, so, well, I, actually, I've forgotten the name of it. My goodness, I've lost my, my train of thought. That's what happened when you get COVID. Um, keeping it real with D.C. So, so that's what we've been doing. Oh, nice. And it's, and it's low-key, just like this. We're real chill. We just hang out, and I'm going to have some guys. We'll probably have you all on there. And, like, I just have a good time with it. Like, I get tired of all this staged, welcome back to the podcast. Blah, blah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, oh, it's terrible. Look, let's talk about bass fishing. That's what I just did at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about bass fishing. Let's talk about uh, just real life stuff. Let's talk about when 
we lost that five pounder and screamed and yelled and, and cussed about it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're doing that. It's on Spotify, Apple, every little avenue. We're, we post a few on YouTube. And we're also doing a lot of stuff on YouTube too at DC Fishing. So uh, I've been trying to film a decent amount. So have a good time. Nice. Man. That's cool. Nice, hey, man. You, your YouTube is already awesome, man. I think everyone, everyone already watches and, and follows that. Yeah, I love I love filming. Now the only downside about it is it's a lot of work rather than just going out there and throwing a GoPro up. Like in the mornings you're getting up, I'm worried about tying on fishing lures and like, hey, we gotta film, we gotta do this. So it's just a lot of work to do it. Right. But after you get done in a tournament, you go back and you watch it, you're like, Man, that was cool. And you can relive those tournaments. So it's it's pretty Yeah. Cool. Yeah. How many damn cameras do you guys have running at a tournament in your house with uh, with Wheeler and, and uh, Mark and Adrian? You guys must so have what? You get your GoPros mixed up. So Adrian does not film that much at all. He don't ever film, which I'm going to be honest with y'all. I'm not a big fan of filming. I don't mind. Like, I just want to go catch them and like, we're going to reel them in and weigh them and be done, you know. But this game has changed, you know what I mean? Josh, you know what I'm talking about. It, it, it's, you know, as far as trying to build your platform and just really reach out and, like, get fans involved. And, like, with us and the way MLF is, and, like, even when in practice, people want to see what your practice is like. They want to see what – I don't know what bait you're catching them on, what pattern. People are – that's the learning side of bass fishing. Sure. And, like, since we don't have an opportunity every week, you know, odds of you being on TV every week and trying to push your sponsors and all that are very slim. Unless you're Jacob, you can just win three or four in a year. But, anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, YouTube's that YouTube's that way. So, it's, it's a good time. It's cool, man. I think that's one of the most exciting things about the era we live in is that you can just follow along, right? Like you can get the backstory of things. You can see the, the flat tires on the way to the lake, the, the lost fish. Just It makes it cool. It exposes everyone still a human, right? It's not just stuffy like plug these 17 companies and then walk across the stage with your five biggest, biggest fish and look like a hero. It's like, no, we're still humans, right? Like stuff goes wrong. Stuff goes good. It's, it's cool. Yeah. That's the thing about podcasting too, dude. It's it's. I'm glad you started a podcast because it does. It, it it's it takes it even a step beyond the YouTube video, dude. Because you're literally just sitting there, just BSing, talking and, and crap. <laughs> the stuff that that comes up in a podcast is stuff that would never ever come up in any type of video, really. Like no. you know, it's it it's it's totally different. It's unique so. like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have you guys on on our on our channel for sure. But the next one I'm planning on doing is I'm going to call it like story time because you know, I know Josh has got these stories, these damn bizarre stories that go that go down. Like, I know I've got a bunch of them. I had one on St. Clair like two years ago. I almost like flipped my boat from one of the big cabin cruisers and it was scary slash cool slash. <laughs> but I've got, I've got a ton of these different stories about fishing and then like close calls when you're catching a fish and it may be the you know winning fish or not yeah we're gonna have a little story time next 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 time we do a podcast nice man like making it a segment in every podcast or you're gonna do like a a podcast i'm just gonna get some people on there and say look look i'm gonna because here's the thing like when i'm driving i try to like relate what i like to listen to and like if you can relate anything to like a story like hey you know, we started out that morning, it was cold, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was wrapped up. And then before you know it, you're like, in you there. Know, you're in there. I'm in. Like, yeah. me, like what's going to happen? You know? Yeah. So I'm going to do that. I'm going I'm to get some guys on there and say, look, tell me the craziest thing that has happened to you in your tournament career. And I want to hear all the details. And you'd be surprised the, the stuff you'd hear. Nice. All right, dude. Okay, yeah. so we'll let you go, and and we'll let you save that for your podcast. But you got to give us now. You have to give us one on your way out, dude. Give us one crazy story that that has happened to you, either on the way to a tournament, uh, uh, something that happened on the road, a terrible hotel you stayed at. Uh, that's where I was going. Hat. Yeah. Yep. In the tree uh, stand. Big nugget. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. So. Um... 
long story short, I'm going to tell you this one. This was on St. Clair three, three, four years ago. So I rolled, this all happened in one day. Keep in mind, in one day. So I roll out there to, uh, I was out there on the Metro flap and I was fishing and blah, 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 just firing around. Well, I see Jordan Lee's over catching a couple. Dude, I ain't had a bite. It's 12 o'clock. And I'm like, dude, I, I'm telling you, I did not have a fish in the live well. I'd lost one or two fish. I ease over toward JoJo, and I said, what do you got? He said, I got a bag. I said, of course. how big, like 20 pounds? Of course. Like, oh, I, got like, I got like 25. I was like, oh, my God. Dude, I don't have a bass in the live well. I'm, fi- I'm leading rookie of the year. I need to catch some fish, and I'm like, crap. So then I run up the St. Clair River. I had a few little places up through there that I want to fish. I run up there, I lose like a three and a half, and I catch one peckerhead, one like 13-inch smallmouth. So I'm I, now I'm mad. I'm like, dude, oh, my God. So I'm, I'm running out of the St. Clair River, and I'm chopping. I'm running like 72. And uh, you see how y'all are like tuned in that this is yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. It. You know where this is going. So I'm running like 72, and I'm coming into the lake, and it's fairly calm. Well, anyway, I see this cabin cruiser set down, this big giant cabin cruiser. And he's, I didn't know, but he was running full speed before. I turned the corner and he's just idling. So here we go. I'm running <laughs> through there. These big giant rollers. And I didn't even see them until I came up on them. I'm running 70 and I hit some giant rollers. I jumped one, like, I promise you, I might be flew through the air for like 80 or 100 foot. It felt like, <laughs> I'm telling you, I jumped it. We're completely out of the water, and I'm I'm holding on to my a fish with my marshal. And I'm like, dude, hold on, hold on, dude, hold on. <laughs> and luckily, thank God, we did not chase one of them waves. We just landed on it like a ramp, and then we just smoothed on to the other one. And then I just kind of coasted uh, on through there. Everyone in your uh, underwear. Yeah, that was the scariest moment I probably had. All right, so keep in mind, this is still the same day. I finally kind of cool down. I tell my guy, dude, I'm so sorry. I did not see those waves. Anyway, it's – I got 30 minutes left until I'm due in. I have one 13-inch smallmouth. So then I was like, all right, we, we got to go. I run 12 miles out into the middle of St. Clair to one of those big cans out there. It was one of those big rip-rap-looking cans. I ran out there because I caught one or two fish on them. I'm like, dude, at least let me catch a limit or something. I pull out there with 20 minutes left of fishing time, and I catch 18 pounds off one of them deals. I roll back in with two minutes left, and then uh, I end up getting a check, and then we end up eventually Unreal. Rookie of the year. Yeah. That's awesome. Pulled it all together. Crazy day. Yeah, yeah. That's unbelievable, man. That's a cool story. Yep. Lucky you didn't break your boat in half. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It was scary. Yeah, it's like slow motion, I bet, as you're just saying. It's like Michael Jordan dunking from the free throw line, right? Just like gliding through the air. (laughs) Hey, so I'll leave the names out, but there's a story about a uh, a guy that was fishing an elite event back in the day, and he hits a wave like that, and his marshal landed apparently the wrong way and ends up suing him. Oh. He and his wife end up suing the guy because apparently the dude couldn't uh, get an erection anymore <laughs> after hitting that wave, dude. Are you serious? I mean, oh, it's, man. it's the story hey. that I heard, and I don't know what happened with the lawsuit or anything. <laughs> One of oh, the craziest man. things I've ever heard, dude, but um, that's, they that's the them. opposite. Like, that, Dustin's ended up the right way. They came off the wave smooth. And uh, went and caught a limit, and then this other guy ended up getting sued because his dude couldn't make babies anymore. They had to settle with a 12 month supply of Viagra. (laughs) Yeah, unreal. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Sorry, this world story. When you hang out with Josh, he one ups you, but it's okay. We still, no doubt, no doubt. Man, Dustin, you're the man, dude. Please come back anytime. I appreciate you guys having me. Um, yeah. Shout at me anytime. I love to join y'all. I mean, we'll 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 get this thing rolling. I mean, I, I I'm always this is our off season, so I'll if I can't go fishing, at least I can talk about it. That's right. Heck yeah.
Well, dude, yeah, uh, keeping it real with DC Fishing. Uh, yes, check that out. And, um, hey, thanks so much, dude. I uh, look forward to seeing you soon, man. Go catch some fish today. All right, guys. I appreciate uh, it. See you, Dustin.